So you know, going from Capix, you know, to OPEX, we have a full OPEX solution and landlords don't like Capix at the moment. Tenants don't like or occupiers don't like Capix at the moment. So I think that is the biggest driver at this point in time. Welcome back to the Word Bold Podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions of space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, a fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm your host, Caleb Parker, and this is episode 10, the final episode of season nine, sponsored by Delta Q. In this episode, I'm joined by Dawid Dirks, Chief Commercial Officer at NorNorm, a subscription-based furniture model on his mission to make workspaces better for people, businesses, and the planet. Can moving furniture from CapEx to OpEx help bridge the gaps between supply and demand in office real estate? Coming off a huge funding round, Dawa and I discuss the NorNorm model and growth plans. We hear how NorNorm is supporting big companies like Netflix, but also how landlords like Edge and spaces or service operators like Nuflex can save cash and provide better agility to office customers who want flexibility and meet sustainable objectives. Dawa talks about the circular ecosystem being created that reduces carbon output. And there's an interesting comparison to the cloud when we think about furniture as a plugin or shall I say furniture as a service. No, this episode isn't an advertisement for NorNorm. It's a hat tip to sustainability and what I believe will become a huge part of the future of the office real estate model. As always, if you have any questions or feedback or topics you want covered, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Caleb underscore Parker or DM me on LinkedIn. You may have seen our headline sponsor Delta Q just raise 8 million euros to fund their international expansion. Delta Q is the leader in reducing energy consumption and CO2 emissions in the commercial real estate sector. Later in the show, we hear from Delta Q's UK director why this is important for our industry. Without further ado, Jeff, let's kick it. Welcome back to the Word Bowl Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Parker, and this is the last episode of our Season 9 MIPUM series. Each episode this season, you've heard me give a big shout-out to our furniture-as-a-service partner, NorNorm, for making our podcast studio complete. In this episode, I'm joined by NorNorm's Chief Commercial Officer, Dawa Dirks. It's been great to get to know Dawa over the last year. Based in the Netherlands, Dawa joined NorNorm in August 2020 and has recently helped them close a 110 million euro funding round for their international expansion. He's not in the Netherlands much these days. I've seen him in London. He's in Cannes now for Milpum this week, Paris some weeks, and as well as other European cities. Dawa has 20 years experience as an entrepreneur and MD in both sales and digital marketing. He's worked with global clients such as Unilever, Microsoft, Bayer, BMW Group, Swiss Real Estate, Rolex, and many more. Just before joining NorNorm, he was COO for Swedish co-working operator Epicenter. Welcome to the Workbook Podcast, Dawa. Thank you, Caleb. Really, really happy to be here. It's so good to see you again. We've connected in Amsterdam. We've connected in London. We've connected here in Cannes now. Wow. You guys are global. You're global. Well, the industry's global. And congratulations on your latest round. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, a you know a long way that we had to come from, and starting three years ago with the initial idea, going live two years ago, and then we kind of paused last May because we just needed to get our heads around. It was just going way too fast, and since we are in furniture, we have to still procure a lot of furniture as well. 
We just needed to have that additional uh, injection of, of finance to make the, the next big, bold step. And we concluded that just before Christmas. Super, super happy. So we're ramping up now really quickly. And as you know, officially, we're launching the UK April 1st. Yay. Not a joke. And Jonas, who was here with me, our chairman, he's spending a lot of time at the moment in the US to secure a round there to make the, the, the big move to the US as well, hopefully at the end of this year or next year. Wow. Sounds like you have some rocket fuel now. That's exciting. <laughs> I think it fits the right time of this industry what you guys are doing, particularly around the need for landlords to evolve their products to services, the assets to services, but also the ESG agenda and become more circular, more sustainable and have you know better business models for climate. I think we, in a way, were, quote, lucky that COVID came because that was a period that everybody needed to rethink you know, the usage of their office, the layout, the amount of people coming back or not. And I think that was the biggest driver initially and the biggest uptake for our service. I think that shifted last year to a more financially driven perspective. So you know, going from CapEx you know, to OPEX, we have a full OPEX solution. And landlords don't like CapEx at the moment. Tenants don't like or occupiers don't like CapEx at the moment. So I think that is the biggest driver at this point in time with the interest rates and the insecurity in the market and, you know, going for the, 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 the periods of leases dropping, the, you know, the growth of flex. And I expect that probably end of this year or next year, sustainability will become a far bigger driver because uh, we also say it now to a lot of, you know, CEOs of landlord that we talk to, guys, it's only six years to 2030. If you buy, as a CEO, you buy furniture now, you're kind of, you know, screwed because you have to write it off in 10 years. That's 2034. So, you know, think about it right now. And I think so, so I think sustainability will be bigger driver next year. At this point, it's all going CapEx light or full OPEX or a combination because, as you know, Nornum can be used as a plugin as well for part, yeah, for, for repurposing part of, of your fit up. Well, for us, just on this week, you were a great plug-in. Yeah. I know that's not your business model to plug in on short-term weeks like this necessarily, but I have to give you a shout out and a thank you for make, making our podcast studio here at MIPM as professional as it is. I must say, really happy that you reached out, but we have to thank as well our partner Covivio in Paris because from a sustainability perspective, we thought, okay, shipping furniture from our warehouse in Amsterdam all the way to Cannes for four days, it's really not a sustainable solution. So what we actually did is we asked our partner, our existing partner in Paris, can we borrow some of the furniture that's at your site at the moment in Châtillon and ship it from there? So super happy. We had a great meeting with them as well yesterday, I think. And so they're adding some additional assets for us now in, in Paris as well. That's a, it's a good shout out. I didn't know about Cavivio, shame on me, until we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. I looked into Cavivio and holy crap, they're yeah. impressive. Yeah, they're huge. What, what they're doing, you know, Anthony Slumbers talks about chickens and pigs in our industry and they are a full on pig. They're really doing full stack real estate the right way. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they're huge. They're very, very big and originate from, from France, but they're also really big in Germany and in, in Italy. And the funny thing was we, two years ago at Expo, when we just launched, 
we did a, we had a collab like we're doing now with Edge at Expo. So Edge invited us and we put some furniture there as well. And, and we did a, a session for students. And this older guy was coming into the booth as well. And he was just, you know, we saw him what, what thinking, what's this? And what are these guys doing? And then he came up to us and it turned out to be Olivier Stev, the CEO of Gavivio. Wow. And he said, you know, I'm going to connect you with my team. And then it, yeah, still took a year and a half to get the project going. It is the real estate industry is slow. No, I know, I know. Well, there's there's some that are super super fast. Might be driven by you know capex or opex or any other reason. But I think where last year we were just you know touching the surface here in the, at MIPIM, we're now also a little bit more mature and accepted. I think. Well, I think the fundraising announcement helped. You guys already had a great business plan, fantastic vision. I said the timing earlier. But then you know, injection of cash, and you're you're backed by a big name. Yeah, we're backed by IKEA originally, and so IKEA provided the seat the seat capital, and then we closed now the round with Verdane, which is a sustainable growth fund from Norway, and the H and M family. So Affiliate also joined in this round as well. Fantastic. Well, let's talk about Mipum. You're here yep. this week. You had I understand you're like walk away with big deals now. So can you talk about what's happening here at Mipham this week? Yeah, so it's always funny for us because we, in a way, we don't fit in here. It's all about investing. It's all about, you know, relations. I think in the relationship part, we really fit in. But we're still a furniture plug-in. And I think normally we would only really hunt. Um, so go into booths and sell our product, which is always People kind of don't like that, especially not at Expo. It's a little bit different here at MIPIM. But for us, I think it was it was really good. First of all, we're a little bit more mature. And the fact that we are here, have you seen Vitra? Have you seen Stilus? They are not that active in, in, in really reaching out to real estate directly. And the reason is there's always design and build in between. You know, and, and and we kind of are cutting out, disrupting the whole business model of furniture. We're cutting out all the middleman and going direct. So if you want to go direct, you just have to be there. And I think with uh, Covivio, with Normandy Rijm, with Industrious, so we had really, really good meetings these days. And yeah, so a lot to follow up on. Can we talk about that? Because I think there's quite a few people that listen to this podcast who are the same profile as your clients right now. Yeah. I want to talk more practical business case. Yeah. The orders that you're getting, the contracts that you're closing, what are they for? What's the business case? Are you only selling to landlords? Is it also, you said industrious operators too. Do you go direct to the customer? Yes, we go direct to customers. So occupier. Our offer starts at 1,500 square foot. So 150 square meters. And they're the plug, it's mostly startups. And they are, our pitch is very simple. Invest in your company, not in furniture. So that's, that's easy going. That was kind of the start in occupiers and we're growing there. So we added a lot of big tech. You know, we have Netflix, we have Klarna, we have Miro, we have Personio. We just signed the next lease for Personio in Munich as well. So we're doing the second building. We did Netflix in uh, Warsaw. So that's just picking up. So that was big tech because they need flexibility and they hate CapEx. So that was one of the... And now, finally, after two years, we are in the bigger corporate. So we do Volvo cars, Electrolux, Deutsche Bank. So we're growing as well. So becoming more of an adult, I think, in this business. If it comes from the real estate sector, I think it's mostly landlords and flex operators or managed operators. So, yeah, we do the big rents. 
yes, but also a lot of the smaller local players. And they are mostly either Capex, of the Capex Lite OPEX driven, or they love our flexibility. Because, you know, they can go in and out. It's only a six-month notice. You can change every quarter. So it's re- for them, it's really drive. And we take away all the hassle of furniture, storage, moving, repair. And, well, as you know, we have the big brands. So we work with Miller Knoll. We work with Muto, Hey, Martellus. So it's, it's all high quality. So that, that we just take away that whole hassle of, of the furniture part of the fit-out. And I think that's why we are now kind of trailing in the growth of Flex. I think that's one. And I think there's also now, probably this year, we will see a lot of the old-time Flex operators. They procured furniture 10 years ago. That's all end of life now. They have to renew. And I know one of the big players in London, I think they mentioned they have to invest 35 million quid in new furniture because it's on all their locations. They're all open already for 10 years. It's just run down. Yeah, I could see the the town just growing massively for you guys yeah. over the next five, 10 years. Yeah, and, and, and with, with Flex, I think it's now 6%, 8%. If it grows to 15 or 20%, you know, it's when... And, then I think or thirty can, or fifty or seventy. Or, yeah, exactly. So I think in that play, we just are the simple furniture plugin. So okay, there's going to be cynics out there that say, "Well, yeah, we we want to do it at capex because we can depreciate it, and and if we're going to hold it for a long term, it's more cost effective than to renting it or subscribing to it." What is the business case? Well, the, the business case is super simple. So we, of course, we did our homework first of all. So we know that. For a period of six, seven years, seven to eight years, depends a little bit on your, you know, depreciation or financial method. We are still the more affordable solution. If you are still that company or CEO or procurement officer that thinks that you can procure furniture for 10 years and your business won't change, fine. We're not your partner. We accept that. And I can be honest, that's what happened with Heineken. Heineken wanted to procure furniture for their team for a fixed period of 10 years. And we said, well, your team, your people, everybody, everything's going to change, but we can close the deal. Fine. So we just, you know, said, we're best friends still, but we can't do the deal. But I think that's super important in the business case. So we are raising prices as well. So I'll be honest, you know, we we have to raise our price because furniture prices went up 20 to 40%. So as you know, it's a three euro per square meter monthly subscription. We go to three or 30. So we go up to 10%. But since the furniture industry went up 20 to 40% and trends was as well, the delta in, in years of depreciation is even more positive now for us. So we from six to seven years, we now suddenly go from seven to eight years. So in that perspective, and also seeing that there's a lot more five-year leases signed, yeah, why would you procure furniture for 10 years or seven years even if you know you only sign a lease for five years and then you might have to move to a different building which then means storage moving the furniture and half of it has to be renewed since we're talking esg again let's pop over to adam gadiali delta q's uk director adam the workbolt audience is made up of 
office real estate professionals spanning 50 countries. Tell us a little bit about your international expansion plans for Delta Q and why that's important for office buildings. Reducing energy consumption is a major challenge for real estate organizations, especially since the sector is responsible for nearly 30% of the European Union's carbon emissions. Delta Q is a purpose-driven organization and we partner with the largest real estate companies in the world to fight climate change and to help our customers towards net zero carbon with our triple strategy. This is what we like to call Map, Plan, Act. Thank you, Adam. More on Delta Q's triple strategy later in the show. Okay, so the economics work out, check. Yes. The added value is if I do move, yep. you guys sort it all for me. Yes. Check. The next is, okay, well, yeah, but this 20% of my footprint isn't utilized in the right way, so I need to get different furniture in there. Check. Check. Yeah, and then even what we're doing now is it's speed. So what happens now if you send the LOI for a lease, you sign the LOI for the lease, then you need to source design ideas and design and build, and you have to start procuring your furniture. That takes, you know, a long time. And the issue is you want to have it right. If you're going to buy furniture, you're going to procure furniture, you want to have it exactly right. So you want to have the design 99.5% correct. In our model, you can do 80 to 85%. And the reasoning is you have all the furniture. So, you know, our model you have your design within 48 hours. You have your pricing in 48 hours. What we're adding is your full carbon footprint report on the furniture, which will be free. It's included in our proposal. Then we install in six to eight weeks. But we now have a design guarantee, meaning the first change, so to speak, after two to three months is included in our model. So if it doesn't work or you need you know, to change the 20% you just mentioned, we do that. I also understand that change can happen on an annual or quarterly basis. No, no, you quarterly. A quarterly basis, it's, right? It's yeah. quarterly basis. You, you can keep, so the thing is, you always have the most optimized solution of functional furniture for your team. And I also understand that you don't necessarily require furnishing the 100% of the footprint. No, no. You can? But yeah. you don't have to. No, because I think initially we really wanted to furnish everything. But we realized at, at, in an early stage that it might become a cookie cutter model. Because if you do everything, and if I do that with WeWork, I do it with IWG and with industrious, they would all come to me and say, listen, yeah, that's not going to work. So what we looked at was, okay, Let's become a plugin or more a partner also from a branding and identity perspective. Where Norner maybe only does 60% of a floor or 70% of a floor, and there's still CapEx remaining to do the rest. The procure, you know, the design icons we, we don't have. We don't have all the brands, you know, to add more biophilic design, do more lighting, coloring, etc. So we, we can become a plugin. We don't have to do everything. I don't want this to become the nor norm advertisement here. No, nope. but I'm really impressed with what you guys do. We've worked on some models together and yeah. we're going to be doing some deals in the UK. But I want to talk about this at an industry wide level. 
couple seasons ago, we had Melanie Jones on uh, the podcast from court uh, over in the U.S. And she has this hashtag that she uses called Furniture as a Service. You know, Melanie. Yeah. And so I feel like you guys are tackling this over here. They're tackling it over there. It's all great for the industry. Is there synergy or are you guys going to always compete or are you not competing? No, I think we're at the moment we're not competing. I think, as you know, there's space for multiple players in this field. What I think is that probably be, there will be a furniture as a service subscription for, I hope, for vintage furniture, for design pieces. I think somebody might get that from my that. house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, okay. But you know, we can't do resi. So that's, that's, okay, that's a little okay. bit our, you know, we have this gentleman agreement with our Swedish investor that we don't really go into resi at the moment. But there will be new services. I won't immediately say it's competition. I think it's becoming an ecosystem of companies that have a service product, either AV or plants or, you know, design furniture or everything will go that way. And I think, you know, you, you know, Jonas, our chairman, used to be the chairman of iCloud. So he was the one that 15 years ago was trying to convince everybody, stop wrecking your own servers. You have to go into the cloud. I think that's what's going to happen as well. And there's multiple cloud services as well at, at this point. So I don't think they're competition. In some areas, we, you know, we might bump into each other. I think how we are perceived as competition is more that we're disrupting the margin model on furniture for a lot of the players in the market. That's a great point because yeah. earlier you mentioned disruption. I want to continue down this competition conversation a yeah. little bit because we work with a lot of design and build companies yeah. when we when we launch new sites and you know really smart people do great work. Yeah, and that business model there's a margin on on the capex of the furniture. Yeah, but if we move the furniture from capex to opex, well that kind of sort of eats into their business. However, I think that there's synergy there between Nornorm and these design and build companies. Yeah, and I think the, the, the best synergy is the fact that if you are a design and build company now, if you have delivered a project, you won't see that client anymore for the next 10 years. Maybe they call you once, twice in between because you know some item is broken or you need to uh, refurbish something. But there's not an ongoing relationship. There's no service model. You know, it's very transactional. Our model is purely service. And especially if you start adding additional services, additional packages, dressing packages, you know, service packages. And I think that's where design and the synergy with design and build companies or architect firms and, you know, big and small, that's where the, the biggest opportunity is because they can leverage upon our furniture plugin and have also the contact with the client every three months or every six months or even you know every 12 months but they have that continuous dialogue and if they are smart and champion the furniture plugin with us they could create you know the design package or whatever on top as well which is a recurrent business model just from a sustainability perspective in a circular economy and i think what I understand is in that quarterly swapping out, it's not like you're just discarding of the furniture. You guys are reusing it somewhere else. But then I was talking to somebody about this yesterday and they said, well, so does that mean is a chance I might get a stained couch or I might get da da da. So what does the quality assurance look like? Our tagline is it's better than new. Yes, it's refurbished. It's not stained. 
it might have on the leather sofas, it might have some patine, which a lot of clients even like. But it's all cleaned. It's all no scratches. So we fix everything in the refurbished process. And that was also the biggest driver that we have a limited range because the single pieces or sets we pick up need to be integrated into a solution for the next client as well. And so is, is that what feeds into the carbon report that you guys do? No. So the carbon report was something that already like two years ago, we said, okay, if we want to, we want to be also fully transparent on both the furniture, the production of the furniture, our supply chain and our team. So that was kind of the basis. So we had an independent agency, a corporate in Amsterdam. They calculated exactly the footprint we have, but they drilled it down to every single item. So every single item, so the chair you're sitting on, the sofa here, the tables, we know the exact carbon footprint of every item. Go back, you know we have a full digital stack creating the 3D model, including all the furniture, and that exports a bill of material. So I have an overview of all the furniture per location we deliver. Now what we're doing is calculating the full carbon footprint based on all the furniture we actually deliver. So that's why in 48 hours, we don't only give you a proposal on the, on the, the fit-out or the functional furniture. We now also give you immediately a report on the full carbon footprint. This has been fantastic. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Nornorm. And so at the risk of this sounding like a big advertisement, <laughs> I, I just appreciate what you guys are, are doing for the industry. And I think the future is flexible and you guys can help enable that. So kudos. This is my second year at MIPM. I'm sure you've been to Ken many times. Do you have a favorite restaurant that you go to? Yeah, Le Boulou, which is here. It's just up the old town street. Le Boulou. Yeah. And what, what, French, French, obviously. French yeah, cuisine. it's French. It's been around since 1860. It's just the original auberge uh, here. Great wines, great food, great owner. I think it's the daughter of the original owner. I was going to say the original owner is not No, he's around not here. around, <laughs> but his great, great, great granddaughter is. Um, and we are lucky because we never succeed to get a reservation. So we always go on the fly. And we actually walked in last night and she saw us because last year we spent, I think, two and a half hours waiting at the bar, which is obstructing all their personnel. And in the end, we, we did get a table, but we had so much fun with her team and her that yesterday we walked in, she recognized us, came to us and said, okay, I have a table for you. And then we said, yeah, well, we're going we're gonna to first stand at the bar. So I think we spent another hour at the bar with our table ready downstairs. Amazing place, amazing restaurant. And what did you eat? Well, we shared. I think we had, I can say, it, foie gras and all that. Uh, we'll <laughs> and cut, we had we'll some, yeah. and uh, no, we had, uh, we had an amazing uh, Cote de Buff, uh, with, with the three of us. So almost our CEO was there, Jonas, our chairman. And actually, I went out and I just bumped of into... Of course you did. Yeah. And I bumped into Boris Brumhuis, one of the guys from Quant Investments in the Netherlands, and invited him over. So he spent the whole night with us. So it was really good. Wonderful. That's the best thing about having these conferences. We're all in one place. You can have so many meetings in one location versus traveling around to see everybody, Yes, which is, to me, it's, it reduces carbon just in that scenario, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to give a shout out to Julian, your colleague from yeah. Berlin, who was here on Monday helping me get set up with the furniture. And also to Covivio, the company that they had bring the furniture down. Their driver was a Ukrainian guy. He was excellent, super friendly. And then I haven't seen Herman, but I know he didn't make 
Mifflin this year. No. But please tell Herman hello. No, I'll me. see him I'll see him Monday in the office again. So excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Dawa. Let me know when you're back in London and we'll get together. And we'll put links to Nornorm's website, to your social profiles in the show notes so people can connect with you directly. Super. Thank you for tuning in today. And until next time, take care of yourself. Before we close this episode out, a final update from Adam Gadiali on Delta Q's triple strategy. As I mentioned earlier, everything we do needs to help the commercial real estate sector drastically reduce its carbon emissions. That's our purpose. We start with connecting building portfolios with our AI solution and commit ourselves to clear results, which include CO2 and energy reduction, operational efficiency and comfort optimization. Firstly, in order to reduce the building's energy consumption, we deploy our technology across building portfolios. We do this by mapping the building through a digital diagnosis or creating a digital twin of the building. This also includes precise local weather forecast and occupancy data. Secondly, through planning, which is where we conduct a physical diagnosis of the building with our HVAC and BMS specialists to ensure that the availability of data is as closely aligned with reality. From there, we identify building and system anomalies, build a roadmap towards savings and advise on the carbon return of retrofit investments. Thirdly, by taking action. This is where we take both digital and physical data and automate repetitive savings through our AI steering of the HVAC systems. That's our triple strategy. There you go. What an important purpose. Be sure to visit deltaq.io to learn more and listen to episode eight this season where I got to sit down with Delta Q's CEO, Khadija Nadia at MIPUM for a deeper dive into their purpose of helping the real estate sector on the road to zero. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And remember, fortune favors the bold. Drumroll, please. P.S. If you want to find out about future-proofing your portfolio, head over to newflex.com.